The sponsor for this episode of Extraterrestrial Reality is Retail Excellence Program. Retail Excellence Program is an interactive online course designed to arm participants with the information they will need to break into the fast-paced world of retail sooner rather than later. No matter what the product or service, this course gives you cutting-edge tips, tricks, and training from retail specialists who use these same successful skills to achieve success. Visit the website now to access one module for free. Once you complete the course, get your Access All Areas Pass to one-on-one coaching with an industry expert. The support and knowledge you will receive is the reason why so many other brands have achieved their goals sooner. So, stop struggling to get noticed. Take the next step to achieving retail success right now. For more information about Retail Excellence Program, make sure to click on the link located in the description for this podcast episode. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Last week, Steven Spielberg, the famous film director, uh, appeared on Stephen Colbert's Uh, late night show on cbs and was talking about ufos and that he believes that there is a government cover-up it's interesting to hear something like this coming from someone like steven spielberg and uh here is an article about it that was in uh, the fox news website the headline reads steven spielberg concerned about secrecy lack of transparency around ufo sightings something is going on Okay, and this is what the article states. It says, Filmmaker Steven Spielberg raised concern about the secrecy and lack of transparency from the government surrounding unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP sightings. The famous director, known for his several blockbuster science fiction films, including the alien movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, admitted he was excited and fascinated by the unexplained phenomena, better known as UFOs. Spielberg suggested the topic needed more attention from the United States government. I think what has been coming out recently is fascinating, just absolutely fascinating, he said on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. A United States intelligence report from January revealed a surge in supposed UFO sightings over the past two years. The famous director theorized that there was something going on and the government wasn't being open with the public about it. I think the secrecy that is shrouding all of these sightings and the lack of transparency until the Freedom of Information Act compels certain materials to be released publicly, I think that there is something going on that simply needs extraordinary due diligence, he argued. Spielberg said his imagination and curiosity prompted him to believe there was a story not being told. There is something going on that we're really not, that's not being disclosed to us, he emphasized. I would like to hear more about it. I don't know what they are, Spielberg added. Spielberg said he, while he had never seen any anything himself, he couldn't explain in the sky that he couldn't explain in the sky. He believed others had witnessed things that they couldn't explain. He also didn't believe man was alone in the universe. I think it's mathematically impossible, he said. While several of Spielberg's films deal with government cover-ups of alien encounters, UAP have made their way into real life recently as well. And then they go on talking about the stupid Chinese spy balloon which has nothing to do with the extraterrestrial reality well you know uh you know spielberg actually you know when he was making close encounters of the third kind he actually interviewed j allen heineck uh, who was you know considered the uh, father of ufology now uh he started out of course as everyone knows heineck started out As a skeptical scientist who was working with the government for Project Blue Book with the United States Air Force from the 50s into the late 60s until Project Blue Book closed, and he would try to basically explain away UFO sightings, but as time went on, he became convinced that there was a lot more to it. So Hynek started out as a skeptic and became a believer, and then when Spielberg went to make uh, Close Encounters of, of the Third Kind in the late 70s, uh, he called upon Heineck that to, as an advisor, and you know Heineck actually makes a small appearance in that movie. You know what's interesting about this whole thing is that I, you know, Spielberg. That was like one of the first alien movie that I saw in the movies when I was a kid, and it was you know not around that same time where I, you know, I had my experience with <laughs> what I later realized was an actual extraterrestrial. Um, so I, my extraterrestrial encounter, uh, you know, I was eight going on nine. That happened in 1977. 
And then uh, Close Encounters of, of the Third Kind was released late in uh, 1977, and it didn't show up to the local uh, movie theater where I lived at the time until sometime in 1978, and I'll never forget going to see that in the movies at the time. I, my, my dad took me and my brother Dave to see it, and it was just you know mind-blowing at the time when you're a young kid seeing something like that on the big screen. It just was fantastic. But, you know, the whole thing is, is and I, even before that movie, though, I was used to seeing uh, science fiction movies on TV from the 50s, 60s, and from the early 70s uh, about aliens and, you know, UFOs, flying saucers, mostly 50s movies that I remembered seeing on TV growing up. But I, I always just thought, you know, at that time, I thought it was all fantasy. You know, things back then uh, in the 70s were are a lot different than they are now. I mean, you just didn't have access to information back then like we do now like when you're you know if, if we would have had the internet and things like that i would have known that there was a such thing as alien abduction and the possibility that uh, flying saucers are really coming here and that there are alien beings in them i, I would have known that but i didn't I, I never really knew that uh, most of the documentaries i remember watching when i was a kid you know focused on things like bigfoot the abominable snowman and you know speculative documentaries bigfoot the abominable snowman uh, the Loch Ness Monster, uh, the Mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle, but I just don't recall ever seeing any kind of documentary during that whole time when growing up about aliens or the possibility that they're real, that they might be actually coming here. I didn't understand when I was watching movies like, say, The Thing from Another World or uh, Earth versus the Flying Saucers or War of the Worlds or any of these movies that they were showing back then, that the reason that those movies were popular in the 1950s was because of the uh, f the sightings that started cropping up starting in 1947 basically in 1947 you know you had Kenneth Arnold had that experience flying over Washington State where he saw uh, you know nine discs basically uh, nine objects floating around like you know skipping like uh, flying as if, as if they were like discs that somebody would skip across water and from there you know it just took off and people were seeing these these things these things were getting reported there were pictures taken of some of them uh the 1950 mcminnville incident comes to mind where uh, there was a two really good pictures of a flying saucer that was hovering over this farm property owned by uh, paul and evelyn trent uh, that became a big thing and then by 1951 they started making movies about that were inspired by these sightings of ufos and and Two of the first big movies of 1951, two of the first big science fiction movies actually came out in 1951, The Thing from Another World and The Day the Earth Stood Still, and it just kept on going on from there for the rest, the rest of the 1950s. There were all kinds of uh, movies uh, talking that dealt with beings from other planets, uh, and... But even I, even though I was watching those things, it's so strange. Growing up, I, I did not know that the reason that these those movies were actually made. They were made because they were inspired by what was going on in real life. There was a lot of mystery behind flying saucers throughout the 50s, you know, into the 60s. And so by the time, you know, when I was born, I was born in 1968 and, you know, growing up in the 70s, you would see some of these, a lot of these movies were re repeated on TV on a regular basis, you know, and I, you would see them on a all the time along with a lot of monster movies like Frankenstein and Dracula they would also have uh, flying saucer movies you know alien invasion movies giant bug movies from the 50s there was all those kind of things and I always thought that flying saucers was just a product of Hollywood growing up even close encounters of the, of the third kind I just I never was able to I didn't I never was able to put it all together because again back then things were different if 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 you didn't sit down and see something reported on TV or and I never read the newspaper when I was a kid I didn't really care about that kind of stuff I was worried about playing baseball and running around outside and you know having a good time growing up as a kid and there were no cell phones and you know you just didn't have the internet so there was no information being fed to you on a regular basis about this kind of stuff and it wasn't until I would say 1980, and I was watching a documentary with my dad. Uh, there used to be this TV show that was hosted by Leonard Nimoy called In Search Of that uh, we talk about all different kinds of strange things. P uh, people who are my age probably, I'm sure some of you remember this TV series. It's excellent. You could actually find a lot of the episodes on, I believe all of the episodes, somebody has them uploaded onto YouTube. 
it's a great it was a great series but the one time we were i was watching and i had watched several episodes of this you know from the late 70s into 1980 but there was the one episode where they were talking about ufo crashes about the, a government cover-up and i remember sitting there watching this with my dad and and that, and that must have been the episode actually where they where uh, jesse marcel senior was talking about what happened at roswell and i was saying to my dad i said so flying saucers are real he's there yeah didn't you know that no, I was like, no, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was based on reality. That's something that really might be going on with this stuff. I didn't know anything about that. But, you know, time went on after that, you know, and I, it wasn't until like the late 1980s where I saw some other uh, documentary on TV where alien abductions were mentioned. I, I didn't know anything about Betty and Barney Hill, all of that kind of stuff, Travis Wallen. I knew nothing about that growing up, 70s into the late 80s. It wasn't until like the late 80s when I started discovering all this information in documentaries on tv mostly and that's when you know it clicked in my brain that that thing that was in my room that that night in 1977 was an alien that i mean it finally took a little time like i didn't put it to, i mean i started thinking that initially but it took me a little while to come to finally come to that conclusion that, that, that that's what it was that's what it had to be that was there was definitely something there right there was most certainly some being was in the room that night and i just never could i never figured it out i i, I didn't know that uh aliens were alien abduction was a thing but it's interesting you know like even when i went to see close in, in 1978 when i finally got the chance to see close encounters of the third kind in the movies i thought it was fascinating and everything i loved it of course uh spielberg i mean he was you know one of the best directors of all time some of my favorite movies he directed raiders of the lost ark jaws close encounters of the third kind i mean schindler's list jurassic park i mean there's just so many different great movies that he made that uh i appreciate a lot but you know i just never i never put two and two together not until a long t uh, much later much later on i didn't realize that even close encounters of the third kind the, the reason i mean basically he was a lot of the stuff that happens in that movie was based on you know a lot of the things that people report about like you know richard dreyfus who's the, the main star of the film you know when he looks out of the the, the truck he's driving and there's a flying of uh, uh, ufo hovering right above his truck and he gets a, a half of his face sunburned you know those kind of things those kind of things were reported these kind of uh, strange phenomenon happened to, to people during ufo encounters sometimes and it's just interesting to, to see Spielberg. I mean, now, some of the things that I watched the entire interview, I'll leave the link, of course, for this article and also for the interview that he had with Colbert. I don't want to put that on this uh, podcast or because he might, I, it could be copyright considered copyright infringement. But you could check it out for yourself. Now, some of the things he was saying, uh, Spielberg said that all gray aliens, for some reason, never wear clothes. Now, he's wrong about that. Obviously, Spielberg hasn't done enough research into this, right? That's not true. I mean, how many different reports? I guess there are some people that say that when, when they encounter these beings that they're uh, not wearing clothes, but a lot of the reports, a lot of the famous ones, they're, they're wearing some sort of uniform, these beings. Uh, the Betty and Barney Hill case, the Travis Walton case, these gray aliens are wearing some sort of uniforms. According to the reports out of Roswell from 1947, a lot of the witnesses stated that they were wearing uniforms, like you know one-piece coveralls so it's so he's wrong about some aspects of it but at least it's nice to see someone of his stature pointing out the fact that the reality because again when you have people like neil degrasse tyson you know you know very everyone knows his face and everyone knows you know knows who he is he's an astronomer he's he's an authority figure when it comes to space right when you have someone like him coming on saying there's nothing to it you know that that's basically spreading a lie obviously called uh, uh neil degrasse tyson has no understanding he's he's not read any books on this he's not researched this and it's very very obvious <clears throat> but to see someone like spielberg although you, you could tell that he doesn't know everything you could tell that he hasn't he's not really learned on this uh topic but he knows enough to, to realize that there's a cover-up and it's good to have a voice like steven spielberg coming out and saying hey there's there's a government cover-up here with ufos and there, there needs to be more uh, stated about this so you know I, I highly recommend 
Like, if you haven't seen this interview, I highly, highly recommend that you check it out because it's extremely interesting. And I'm again, I think this is a good thing. This is uh, this is a, another step forward when you have a, a figure, a, a celebrity like someone like Steven Spielberg stature. I mean, he's going to go down in history as one of the greatest directors of all time, along with people like John Huston, Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, you know, Spielberg, you know, one of the greatest directors of all time coming out and saying there's the government's covering up the UFO phenomena. They know a lot more. They're not saying anything. They're not telling us everything. That That's big. That's important. So that's a good step forward. There's a lot of people that watch these late night TV shows like the Stephen Colbert uh, Late Show. So that's good that we have something like like this happening. And uh, I really, I, 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 I appreciate it. I from as someone who wants to get to end this whole UFO secrecy nonsense. I, I, you know, this is a good thing. So that's I'm very happy about that, and I thought it was something that uh, should be discussed. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back, and uh, I want to talk about alien implants, and I've talked about this before uh, months and months ago, but I want to talk about it again, and I'm going to actually go over an article here that I actually talked about months and months and months ago. I'm going to go over it again, and this was with regard to Dr. Roger Lear, and uh, basically he took, uh, he was someone who believes in the phenomenon. He's, you know, he had enough information, he he, uh, studied this uh, uh, this topic enough to understand that there's most certainly something strange going on, that there is some sort of a presence on this planet that's not human, uh, that has actually uh, uh, involved itself with the human race and is up to something, and that there are, and he he actually, he's a, he's a surgeon, and he did, uh, he, he removed implants from different alien abductees, and there was a film that was produced by uh, uh, filmmaker Jeremy Corbell uh, several years ago, it was released, and uh, it was called Patient 17. And actually, by the time this movie came out, Roger Lear had already passed away. But uh, it talks about, the movie was called Patient 17 because that was the 17th patient that Dr. Roger Lear had uh, removed an implant from that was allegedly alien in, in nature. And uh, I want to talk about this because I think, you know, and this isn't to alarm anybody, but it's just, I, I think it's something that should be talked about. What's going on with alien implants? There's There are things that are removed from the bodies of people, of people that are abducted by aliens, and these objects are unearthly in origin. They're hard, that we can't, we, it's too, we don't understand what they're about. What are they doing? And you have to think about this. You have to look, the, the way I look at it is, is this way. When, look at our own technology right now. And I, I like to point these kind of things out on a regular basis like right now we have cell phones and you know we have internet we have we i I could actually if i wanted to i could 
live stream on YouTube using this cell phone, right? I can walk around, uh, go out of my house and, and, and connect with YouTube and walk around and talk and, and people all over the world would be able to watch me live talking. 20 years ago, this kind of technology, people couldn't do this. 10 years ago, and the technology keeps improving. We keep improving with these kind of things. Now they're talking about putting implants in people's brains where people could, there's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of crazy directions we're heading with technology. So if you're advanced by, say, a million years, what, what do they have available to them? It's very possible that in some of us, people who are abducted by aliens, some people who know they are abducted by aliens, some people who don't know they are abducted by aliens, uh, you know, over time, you know, these people, I, obviously some of these people, there, there must be a reason for the implant. Like a lot of us say, well, it's just be like an animal. The way we go out, we, we put some, we uh, tranquilize a, a bear or something and we put a, 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 an implant in it so we could track it. But, and some people say that that's what the aliens are doing with humans so like say so i don't know it's very possible i have an implant in me and i don't even know it i there's no i don't know there could be i don't i never was examined for one i don't really you know i i did have that experience when i was a kid but i don't know if there was ever an implant put in me i mean for all i know i could i could be getting abducted i could have been getting abducted numerous times over my life and i just have no recollection of it and it, that's how it is i i believe that that's very possible because like I like I always talk about when I was a kid with that incident when I was a kid whatever they were the capabilities that they were that they had they were able to basically conk everyone out in that in my entire household at that time at that time there was uh, four kids and two adults and I was the only one who was awake for some reason everyone else was conked out and they would not respond they would not respond to screaming and hollering nothing would wake them up. Uh, my other, I had another sister. And she was gonna, uh, she would have been born later on that year in November. <clears throat> so, uh, but the, the these beings have the ability to do lots of different things. I mean, they have the people forget. I mean, when when they go into a house uh, and they're going to abduct someone, for so, they have according to different reports from people who have been abducted and recovered their memories under hypnosis. Uh, somehow, these beings are able to knock out everyone else in the house they're able to basically turn them off like shutting off a light switch so if they have the ability to do those kind of things we we have we can't even imagine what these implants might be able to do like if there's an for instance if there is an implant in me there's a possibility they, they could see everything that i see right now they, the technology that they have is could possibly be so advanced that they know exactly what's going on in everyone's life at any moment that they have abducted and installed these implants in it's almost like a, 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 a like a, a god tool a, 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 a god vision you know it's basically they could they know exactly what's what you're doing and what you're up to and, and everything that you do it's very possible you could be sitting talking to, like if, you, if you're an alien abductee and you have an implant in in you you could be everything that you do could be being watched at any time recorded at any time when we basically as humans we could do these kind of things in a way i mean if 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 uh some government agents wanted to put cameras in your house and, and spy on you and they would be able to listen to watch in every single room and you don't see them you don't see the cameras they'd be able to see what you're doing what what you're up to at all times so and that's the advantage that's what kind of the, the technology that we have but if they're putting using these implants there there must be something that they're that they can do that we just don't understand but anyway here's this article i'm going to go through some of this article this was uh published in 2017 uh after patient 17 came out and this was in vice.com it says and it was about the documentary it says in 1992 a now infamous study claimed that as many as 3.7 million americans may suffer from ufo abduction syndrome or the belief that they had an encounter with extraterrestrial visitor visitors this study has been criticized on both methodical and logical grounds but there is no doubt that people who claim to have been abducted by aliens exist in significant numbers well, let's just stop there for a second. Okay, now, now, now a lot of researchers, they say, oh, well, uh, this is impossible. We don't believe, because they don't believe it, because the researchers don't believe it, then the, and they don't have real proof for it, according to the, a lot of uh, debunkers and skeptics. Well, then it doesn't, that, then that means it's not real. But what Dr. Roger Lear tried to prove is that obviously here is some proof of something. We don't know exactly what it's doing or why they're putting these objects in people, and we don't know what the purpose is behind it. 
But this is proof. But none of these people, none of these skeptics, none of these these bunkers ever, you know, talk about this. They don't want to look at that. They don't want to get too close to. They'll just sit back in their armchairs and just say it's crazy. Anyway, let's read the rest of this story. It says. Many researchers in the past two decades have tried to account for the prevalence of UFO encounters by likening, likening, it, likening, it, yeah, likening it to a religious impulse or the manifestation of psychopathology. In the absence of hard evidence of an alien encounter, seeking alternative explanations for reports of ET abductions makes sense. But what if material evidence of these encounters does exist? Okay. Now, again, they're saying here, like they're putting this forward in the absence of hard evidence of an alien encounter, seeking alternative explanations for reports of ET abductions makes sense. Okay, I can understand. Uh, when you don't have any sort of proof and there's no evidence and all you have is somebody's word, well, we could just say, well, the guy must be crazy or uh, maybe it was a hallucination or maybe it was on, the guy was on drugs or drunk or something like that. They, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, But at the same time, they're all over the years with, with articles like this and people in the mainstream fail to understand is that there is evidence in addition to uh implants there is evidence there's physical trace evidence there's these objects flying saucers or other strange craft that land leave marks on the ground burn up vegetation we talk about this all the time but no, no skeptics or debunkers want to ever uh talk about that they don't they don't want to acknowledge that they don't want to even study it they just dismiss it because they don't want to go there. They don't. They never go beyond a certain uh, level of uh, a level of uh, investigation, and that's they just won't cross certain lines because they because they want to stick. They want to stay where they are. They don't want to believe in this. They don't like the idea of it. So that's why they stay where they are. Sit back in their armchair and just criticize everything else even though there's people out there like the late roger dr roger lear who actually investigated this had the guts to look into this stuff and try to figure it out anyway continuing it says this is the conceit of patient 17 a new documentary released last month by jeremy corbell patient 17 chronicles the final surgery surgery of roger lear a foot surgeon and prominent ufologist who claimed to remove extraterrestrial nanotechnology that had been embedded in his patients the documentary is a poignant eulogy for Lear, who passed away during filming. He had spent a large part of his career striving to make the study of UFOs and alien abductions a scientific endeavor. For those who claim to have been abducted by extraterrestrials, Lear's surgeries provided a bridge, however shaky, between their visceral personal experiences and non-human intelligences and the hard evidence needed to prove the reality of extraterrestrial encounters. Mainstream scientists continue to be skeptical of Lear's work, however. They dismiss his alleged off-world implants as terrestrial objects which has made his work the subject of some controversy yeah but why why would they do? okay let's stop there why do mainstream scientists dismiss it they didn't investigate any of this why didn't why haven't they ever investigated these things because they don't want to they don't want to look at the evidence again they just want to rather sit back and pretend it's not going on that's what they always do but when you when you see how the bunkers operate, when you try to talk about evidence, they never they never look into it. They never read any books. They don't they don't look into it. They just sit back and say it's not real because we don't we don't have real evidence. Even though he here is a guy that was trying to put forth real evidence. He was saying, look at we're taking these objects out. These people are saying they they're abducted. Some and not, and here's another thing that some people uh, a lot of skeptics and debunkers get confused about. They they think that only people under hypnosis. The only way to remember these things is under hypnosis. No, that's not true. A lot of these incidents, right? Some people, a lot of these abductees actually remember the certain aspects consciously. They don't need uh, hypnosis. Sometimes hypnosis is used for some of them to try to recall the fill in certain missing gaps that might be missing. So again, these people, the people that always sit back and say, oh, there's nothing to this and there's no point in even, you know, this is all bogus. They, they never do any research themselves. They don't want to look into it, even though there's millions of people who have uh, said that they've encountered alien beings. And I'm one of them. I'm one of the people that said, I'm, t I'm telling people right now, I encountered an alien being when I, in 1977, for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. There was an alien being in, that showed up in my bedroom. I did not know it at the time. It took me 10 years to figure it out, but I'm one of those people that encountered an alien being all right continuing with this it says when lear set out to make patient 17 corbell corbell told me he was skeptical about alien implant technology but he had no doubt that ufos are real and piloted by non-human intelligences i was working on 
documenting the fields of nanotechnology and advanced propulsion and how they relate to the UFO phenomenon, Corbell told me. I really didn't want to make a movie about an alleged alien implant technology, and I didn't know what to think at the time. I just figured I would get to the bottom of this whole thing within a matter of weeks. I was wrong. In an effort to shed light on the mystery of supposed off-world implant technologies, Corbell tagged along with Lear and the anonymous Patient 17, who Corbell described as just your average guy as they prepared for the surgical removal and analysis of a small piece of mysterious metal that was found to be embedded in Patient 17's shin. When he showed up for the surgery... Uh, he found Lear trying to locate the piece of metal in his patient's leg with a stud finder, a tool usually reserved for locating pieces uh, support that support wood behind the walls of a building. I told Dr. Lear that I would film his surgery, but if he was lying, bending the truth, or trying to deceive the public in any, any way by altering his results, that I was going to out him, Corbell said. I asked him if he was sure that he wanted me to film his work, and he said, yes, Jeremy, I've been doing this for more than two decades, and there is something to this. Patient 17 was also skeptical about the, the the patient himself, the patient in this documentary, if you've ever seen it. If you haven't seen the movie Patient 17, you should really sit down and watch it. It's incredibly interesting. Anyway, Patient 17 was also skeptical about the possibility that the piece of metal in his body was extraterrestrial in origin. Although in the documentary, he claimed to have had a number of extraterrestrial encounters as a child. He also openly acknowledged his hostility toward his extraterrestrial abductors in the film. He referred to them as alien gangsters and expressed a wish to take them out. It was these hostile encounters with extraterrestrials in his childhood that led Patient 17 to seek out Lear to surgically remove what could be invasive alien technology. Lear claimed to have surgically removed embedded extraterrestrial nanotechnologies from 17 different patients, although he never seemed interested in sharing his data or or, the, or these objects with other researchers. Lear passed away shortly after removing the small piece of metal from patient 17's leg in early 2014. Although he didn't get to see the results of his final surgery, two of his close research associates carried out the analysis of the strange object after his death and the second half of patient 17 is devoted to their efforts. Lear's working theory was that the devices embedded in his patients were sophisticated nanotechnologies created by extraterrestrials. According to Lear, instead of radio signals, these devices emit so-called scalar waves, a type of electromagnetic radiation that has never been proven to exist and as such cannot be detected by human radio instruments. The last serious physicist to entertain the possibility that scalar waves exist was Nikola Tesla, who had no shortage of strange and scientifically dubious ideas. Anyway, the device found in patient 17's leg is more than a little odd in terms of its composition. Corbell, Lear's associate, a materials scientist named Steve Colburn, and an alleged military-affiliated nanoscientist who simply goes by Nanoman, himself the subject of a short documentary by Corbell, continued the physician's legacy by sending the sample to two labs for composition analysis using scanning electron, electron microscopy and broad-spectrum elemental analysis. These tests can reveal an object structure on the molecular scale and full elemental composition in a sample, respectively. Ufology has its roots in the work of J. Allen Hynek, a noted astronomer and military physicist who authored a number of government intelligence documents on UFOs. Even though it has captured the attention of a number of serious scientists, including Harvard psychiatry professor John Mack, the field has struggled since the 1950s to gain acceptance as a legitimate science. This is because most evidence of extraterrestrial encounters is limited to eyewitness testimony as photos and videos collected by these witnesses. Again, yeah, that's true, but at the same time, there's also the physical trace evidence uh there's a lot of different evidence i mean you can't deny that something you can't deny that something's been going on too much evidence has amassed by this point i mean we're just being really dumb by at this point you're really stupid to just pretend that there's nothing going on here as a whole of course some of us believe the reality i'm just stopping here for a second of course some of us believe in this reality and understand that there is something here but we know that there's a lot of people who who are on the fence with it and there's a lot of others who just don't accept it at all they just think it's silly anyway <clears throat> 
continuing still it lacks many of the hallmarks of hard science hard sciences like physics or biology such as the ability to conduct experiments to pr prove theories wrong in this sense lear was a true pioneer of trying to bring at least some semblance of scientific rigor to ufology he regarded these alleged off-world implants as the hard evidence that could either prove or disprove extraterrestrial visitations to earth yet as skeptics like joe nikolev pointed out lear's reluctance to share his results or the supposed alien implants he has removed with other researchers for further analysis is anti-scientific and makes his claims seem all the more dubious well let's just stop there for a second you know a lot of times people well when people find incredible objects like implants and things like that or or alleged alien materials off from a craft or something like that and they send it out somewhere to a, a different lab sometimes they disappear the government never returns them somehow the government gets gets involved and you never re, never gets the stuff and gets returned so there must have been some reasons behind why lear wouldn't give it to someone like joe nickel joe nickel is like one of the biggest debunkers ufo debunkers who ever lived i wouldn't i wouldn't give him any information on this i wouldn't provide him with any stuff but again you know Nichols should be conducting his own experiments. He should be doing his own work on this to try to disprove it. Why does he need to use someone else's stuff? Why does he need? Why can't he be meeting with the alien abductees and ha and, and and sitting with and, and working with? Why couldn't he work with someone like Lear? Work side by side to try to get to the bottom of it, one way or the other, because he doesn't want to. He just wants to come up with bogus explanations for the whole phenomenon. Uh, continuing here, it says. Corbell, however, argued that Lear wasn't trying to hide his results. Dr. Lear was absolutely not reluctant to share his work, Corbell said in an email. People just weren't listening, including me. Without spoiling the film, let it suffice to say the results from Lear's science experiments in Patient 17 are definitely strange. The object in Patient 17's leg had a number of hallmarks of an extraterrestrial object as far as its elemental composition is concerned, but this is far from conclusive ev evidence. As events became stranger following Lear's death, Corbell was left with more unresolved questions than he started with in an effort to make sense of the lab analysis of the object from planet 17's leg or excuse me patient 17's leg corbell reached out to two outside experts including ucla meteorite expert alan rubin who he said were unwilling to go on camera to talk about possible alien technology when corbell presented them with the results from the labs he said they were puzzled but ultimately concluded that more tests would have to be done to determine whether the object was extraterrestrial in origin According to Corbell, shortly after he finished shooting, Cole Byrne, who took possession of the object from Patient 17's leg after Lear's death, stopped responding to Corbell or Patient 17's calls and emails. Cole Byrne had effectively disappeared and taken the only hope of solving his mystery with him. Corbell said he didn't hear from Cole Byrne for two years, but shortly before the release of Patient 17, the two reestablished contact and now Corbell is in possession of the object from Patient 17's leg. Corbell said he plans to repeat the initial tests run on the object to ensure they weren't false positives before exploring other tests that will ultimately determine whether the small metallic thing is from earth okay i'm just going to stop there's a little bit more to that article but i'm going to stop there but i came across this other article and again this is from this was from uh, uh ohio state university this was written by a student apparently and it was uh, under i'll leave the link for this too this was under the the psychology of extraordinary beliefs so this was someone writing about the beliefs of alien abduction and the, this person julia strand her name was talked about patient 17 and again this is written by someone who doesn't believe in this doesn't but goes to the psychology of why would somebody believe in this when it isn't true kind of kind of but she does what what uh, julia strand does do she does lay out you know some of the things from the movie and I'll, I'll, I'll go through that first it says here alien nanotechnology which is believed to be pieces of evidence embedded into abducted humans by extraterrestrials there is a documentary called patient 17 which shows dr roger lear's 17th surgery re removal of extraterrestrial implants with more than half the people in the world believing that aliens ex exist dr roger lear is not alone in his belief this information has been found and studied through the pieces found in these abductees over the past two decades research researchers have been exploring to believe that these encounters may in fact be true during the documentary of patient 17 lear came to find that the extraterrestrial implant that was inside of his patient was made of a total of 36 elements which is far greater than any industrial form of art of article lear also shared in his documentary how the it was it wasn't his documentary it was uh, corbell's documentary he said this person didn't really do the research here this person actually wrote this with the idea of just trying to find a you know basically wanted to 
say that this is all psychological. There, there must be psychological problems for people who, who believe in these kind of things, uh, that believe in these kind of stories. It says, Lear also shared in his documentary how the isotopic ratios of zinc-64 and zinc-66 would indicate that these elements could not have been made possible from elements found here on Earth. The case against this belief would be that there is no legitimate evidence that is able to be backed up scientifically. Lear also was very stringent when it came to sharing his research, which never sits, sits well in the scientific world. And again, as we just learned in that article, that you know you have people accusing him of not wanting to work with them when he what when he was you know he would share his work with them you know someone like joe nickel should be going what he like, basically what's what nickel wants is hey send me that thing and i'll look at it. how could you trust someone like that because they don't then then he'll, he'll, he'll replace it with a different piece of object you need to be all together on this you you just can't have uh someone looking at this handing it off to a debunker who might just op, uh, uh lose it by accident or something like that because again debunk this is debunkers don't want the truth on this to come out they don't want to believe this themselves they can't handle it they can't deal with this idea that there's an extraterrestrial presence here they can't even though i mean at this stage of the game if you don't realize that there's something else going on here right then you're you're just real real dense anyway continuing with this uh, article here it says interestingly the contributions that form this belief system come from a vast array of research from, depict, from depicting of objects found in such patients. That being said, people are led to believe that they, what they do from the information found from the elements that make up the objects. I would think that the background information or more, or more so misinterpretation of such is what would cause someone to believe one way or another. When someone provides a great deal of research such as elements in an object, people can easily per be persuaded and be led to believe what the researcher believes. Okay, Okay. so this person's arguing that because someone's doing research on this and and lear and you know and corbell's documentary presents this uh nanotechnology extraterrestrial uh, uh nanotechnology implant right and and said that that's what they think it is and because there's no one there no no nobody else in the scientific community is saying no it's not uh because we studied it and it's not then 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 that means that people only have that to go by well again the people in the skeptic side they don't investigate it you know like like you look at uh someone like uh john mack the heart the late harvard professor who uh investigated alien abductions hypnotized people uh got you know wrote books on the subject he was someone who was at the area went to aerial school in 1994 right after that aerial school incident happened where a flying saucer landed and 62 school kids saw uh an alien beings come out and, and which communicate one of them communicated with some of the kids he like he went out and investigated these things but his colleagues back at harvard was saying oh he's lost his mind he's just crazy but what, what, what do you mean he's crazy he's investigating something that people are saying is happening so what's what's crazy about that so it's just back and all just say just what his colleagues wanted to do these scientific psychology colleagues you know it's, it's so embarrassing what they wanted him to do was do nothing don't look at that they're, they're just crazy because that can't be true because i don't believe it it's so maddening it's so maddening how some people just throw this under the under the rug they just don't want to look at it and, and if anybody does if, if if you're somebody that does look at all oh, you're stupid for looking at it don't look at it we're you're dumb now it's just terrible anyway continuing with see this and this article here written by a student for at ohio state university several years ago i mean again again that's they they, they don't they, they go into this just not believing it at all you know and 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 what what this person is saying well because roger lear was the only person who did any kind of study on this stuff well uh that means that uh, he's the only one who did it so anyone's everyone's just gonna the people who believe in aliens and alien implants and all that kind of stuff they're they're, they're gonna be that's gonna give them more uh food uh, uh food more fodder you know more fire right they're gonna it's gonna it's gonna throw more gasoline on that fire that they already have and it's gonna make them even believe it even more but then again where's the debunker side of it? what what do what they ever offer except nonsense or, and and horse dump they never really give any kind of good explanation for this stuff because they never investigate it they just sit back in their armchairs and just you know say i just don't believe it and that's crazy there's no evidence to this and the government the government won't admit it well just because the government doesn't admit doesn't admit it doesn't mean it's not true you can understand why there is a cover-up, why they don't want to do it. There's reasons behind it. You know, they're doing reverse engineering on recovered alien craft. They're they're uh, they're they're afraid of what the implications will be on society. There's a lot of different reasons why a secret control group that's within the Pentagon and within other governments of the world don't want this to come out. So there, there's reasons for that. 
But these people, the, the people, the skeptics, the debunkers, they want to keep it that way because that they don't like this. They don't like it. Well, who does like it, really? Who does like it? At the same time, you know, I'm not sure I like it. I just think it's fascinating. I just know it's true. I just want, I want the human race to just accept this reality already because I'm tired of this. Anyway, let's read the rest of this thing here. It says here, well, I'll read the last sentence so we, because I got... Uh, off, off there on a tangent it says the community of believers come from those who also believe in ufos and aliens and that they do in fact exist there are multiple social influences that have contributed to this growing belief system especially over the past couple of years media is enough is, is a huge form of influence through movies tv shows and anything that even talks about them even if they are not projecting them to be real or not it still puts the thought out there well, I, I beg to differ on that. There's also a lot of people that actually seen these things with their own eyes and know for a fact, you know, have have confirmation. You know, they have actual, uh, they, they've seen these things with their with their own eyeballs or experienced these beings up close and personal. I did. I saw a craft in 1994. I saw a being in 1997. And in uh, 2007, I had another encounter, which I'm not sure. I, I think it was uh, an alien encounter, but it's, and I've talked about that when I was living in Hawaii and, and my dog disappeared mysteriously and reappeared two and a half hours later. But those first two incidents, for sure, I am absolutely certain that they were non-human intelligences were behind them. Because that thing in my room, whatever it was, it wasn't human. Okay, continuing here. It says, the psychological explanations for the belief system is compromised by research that could not be explained by any other reasoning than what Dr. Roger Lear has concluded. Well, let's just stop there for a second. Roger Lear didn't know what they were doing. He just believes that there's some sort of nanotechnology. He's just speculating on what they are possibly, what they possibly are that he, that that they give out scalar waves and that kind of thing. He doesn't know. He's just saying that these implants were in, were put in the people. And that here's the other thing: they were put in the people, and there was no like there was no reaction from the body. In fact, like nerves and stuff would 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 connect with these little objects inside them. Like and like it wasn't there. It didn't cause any kind of irritation. There was there was no evidence of like. like like it was part of the like it also actually became part of the body like unlike if you get a splinter a wood splinter it's always going to be an irritant in your body that your body's going to constantly reject for some reason these alien implants they do not get rejected by the human body so that what makes this all this even more fascinating so you have these people who claim to be abducted by aliens and then they find these objects in them that don't make any sense and they they have isotopic ratios that are obviously not some the one scientist on that uh, on that program on that documentary patient 17 said it's not it couldn't even be from this galaxy anyway continuing the elements found in these objects highlight one of the bigger psychological explanations for this belief. For there to be no other explanation of the combination of elements and the complexity of, of the whole, it makes it seem easier to believe. I feel as though the biggest psychological explanation this belief has would be the cognitive dissonance someone experiences to lead them to have to have to change their to have to change their perspective. Again, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, but I mean, this is just somebody just who uh, an armchair theor an armchair writer on this who really didn't do much research on it. Watched the documentary and decided to write this as probably some project for while, while in college. I mean, this is just again, this isn't someone who's really studied this, but this is the I this is how some people see it because they just can't. They believe there must be some other reason because uh, other answers out there because when. Uh, like for instance, I'm presenting information on my podcast on a regular basis. I'm talking about uh, an encounter, like a lot of the things I, I talk about, some of my personal experience. For instance, the 1977 encounter I had with an alien being, and then in 1994 during a fishing trip, uh, most certainly an extraterrestrial craft of some sort, uh, something that was op that could not have been made by mankind because it was just way too advanced for for to be. It, we just don't have anything that like like what I saw in 1994 that could fly around with no big as a house and fly around without making any sound and move extremely close to, to trees and, 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 and things like that. There's just no way. Uh, so, but because I'm saying this, right, there is no other answer. So some people, with, with this person saying, some people who hear me saying this, because there is no other answers for this. There is, there are no other answers. Well, one of the answers a debunker could say, well, this guy's just lying. No, I'm not lying, right? Or they could say, well, this guy's just crazy. Maybe he was uh, high on drugs. That like, No, that's not the case. That's just not the case. And here's the other thing you got to keep in mind. There, it's not just me. There's just so many other cases, so many other witnesses. It's unbelievable. How many and how many out there? How many cases out there? We don't even know. We have no idea. 
like some people, you, you know, I know there has to be, there's no question in my mind, there's people that don't report these things. I didn't report my 1994 encounter anywhere except when I, re the first time I ever talked about it publicly was in the early 2000s when I was writing for a newspaper and I wrote a column about it. I, I reported on that and the 1977 encounter that I had with the alien. But here's the thing, there's just so much stuff out there. There's enough information. If you did the research on this, you would understand that there's something going on, that all these people couldn't be liars or crazy or, or, or drunk. Or, I mean, these are regular people. It could happen to anybody. A lot of times, how many stories do you hear where there, there were somebody who experiences something and up until that point, they never believed any of this stuff. They thought it was crazy. They never even thought about it. Then all of a sudden, they have their own experience and then they realize, oh my God, this is real. That that's that could be if you're a person out there who doesn't believe it, that could be you in the future at some time at some point. There's you know it just happens. But I guess what what I'm going to talk about is what is this nanotechnology do? What what is what's the purpose behind it? Yeah, it could be tracking, could be for tracking. We could speculate all uh, on so many different ways here. But it could also be beyond just tracking. I'm sure that's part of it. That, you know why wouldn't it be if they wanted if i say for instance i have an implant in me that this way whoever these beings are when they when they're ready to you know abduct me again for whatever reason right uh then they'll that's that's how they're able to find me where i'm at i mean for all i know maybe the reason that they showed up in 1994 when i was fishing maybe that's that they were looking for me maybe that maybe that maybe i had an implant and that's why they came i don't know i'm just speculating i, I don't know that for sure but i'm just saying i it could be who knows but but the thing is is what is like what what does that object do beyond just tracking it? I'm sure there's a lot of other things that we just have no idea. The technology that they would have available. When you look at what we have available right now, like I said, I could take this phone that I have in my hand right now. This is in the 70s and 80s, right? Into the 90s, this would have seemed impossible, right? It would have seemed, I mean, back then, if you were to tell somebody you're going to be able to do that, that, that would sound crazy that I could take this phone and start live streaming to a million, millions of people across the world on YouTube and people would see me live talking. That I mean, before phones, I mean, the only way to do something like that, you had to have uh, big bulky tv cameras and tv crews people with lots of money that's the only way you could have done something like that and the only place it would go would, would be to a tv station because there was no internet so now we have these and, and and just so you see how we're advancing so what kind of technology does this nanotechnology these alien implants what what kind of what does it involve what can what can it do and that like i said right now people that ha that have an implant in them these aliens could be recording everything about you, your, your, your heartbeat, your, your health. They could see and, and hear everything, your thoughts. They could be collecting, they could be queuing in on you. As crazy as insane as that sounds, that could be what's going on. They could be just studying us that way. They could be knowing, trying to figure out everything about a person with one of these things. As crazy as that sounds, we just don't know. But I'm just going by where we're at as the human race. If we're able to get to this far at this point and pretty quickly, you look back at 100 years, you think that anybody would even, 100 years ago, 1923, people were just starting to get radios at the time. Radio was just starting to become a big thing at the time. This was before, you know, the TV didn't start coming until the late 40s when people started buying them. And it really didn't take off until the 50s. Then it really, in the early 50s. And now look where we're at, real quick. You know, within 100 years, look at the advancements that we have. So what are these aliens capable of doing? Beings that might be 100,000 years more advanced, a million years more advanced, or even more. Who knows how advanced they are? Who knows how many are coming here? Some are, some are probably more advanced than other ones. But but they certainly, if they're able to figure out ways to travel through uh, great distances through space to come here, or who knows, maybe bend space to come here. Who knows how they're doing it or where they're coming from. But if they, they're capable of that, flying around in machines that could, travel at incredible speeds stop on a dime and then go around in another direction if they have all of that then what 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 is this nanotechnology capable of doing it, I, I believe that if we were to if you were to sit down and start really thinking about it, it it's capable of doing some things that could be really scary in a way